0: Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Well, welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and again we're going to be talking about the Kingdom of God, and I'm sliding into first to do this show, <laughs> but... Uh... I thought I'd had all my notes sent over so that I could have some notes to go by because there's so much going on in the the world today. And the, the problem is that people cannot comprehend everything that's going on in the world today because they don't know their own history. They don't know their recent history, much less the history that's gone on for thousands of years to bring us to this particular point. So many things are coming together at this particular time it's just astounding and most people are absolutely oblivious of it i just had somebody emailing me or uh, posting on facebook because i had mentioned the uh, article 2 section 22 of the oregon constitution which is is something that we've talked about a great deal there's audios on the page uh, that we have at preparing you and the guy was saying, why are you, you know, quoting a religious site, preparing you, which he considers to be a religious site. Uh, it's a life site. It's a site about how to prepare yourself for living life, which is why you study history. is not so that you will know the past, but so that you will know the future because history repeats itself. Uh, why do you... You listen to people who tell you about mistakes that they have made so that you don't make those mistakes. I used to always tell my children there's two ways to learn things, easy or hard. The easy way is to look at what other people have done wrong and not do those things. <laughs> so, and uh, the, that's that's just basic common sense understanding. But people... Have not studied their history. They don't know what's going on. There, there were, I just came across. Well, I've heard about it before, but I actually went and did a little bit of reading on it and put it, some information in our notes. And uh, and I may get to that eventually before the show is out. But uh, there was a bill passed back in 1980 that changed life on the face of the earth. <laughs> It literally is altering the course of humanity. This little, almost not known of bill has contributed to the, you know, the, like a butterfly effect that it is changing your future. And it was passed back in the 1980s for supposedly good intention. It was clearly lobbied in by big money. And it has made people billionaires. And... Uh, and it is about to bring about probably one of the, it is instrumental in the process of bringing about one of the most devastating plagues on the face of the earth uh, in the history that we know of, of earth. And uh, uh most people are completely oblivious to it or don't know how it fits into the scheme of things because they can't juggle more than one ball or two balls at a time, you know, or two ideas at a time. So, anyway, uh, we're going to explore some of these things that are happening in the news that are going to affect your life and the life of your children for generations to come. If you have generations to come, some of you will not have generations to come. You will die out on the face of the earth and send no prodigy on for the next generation uh, because of the fact that you have made some serious mistakes. <laughs> And you're not going to be a part of the future. But the fact is is that mankind, all mankind, is linked back to Adam and Eve, uh, whatever the, uh, our primal origins were. You know, we have this story of Adam and Eve and, and God supposedly creating the earth in seven days. And I believe that there is a creator. I believe that that creator is... uh evidenced in the in the uh, design, the intelligent design of the universe, when we're looking at all this stuff in the news about coronavirus, which is not the cause of a great deal of the problems that are going on in the world today. Millions upon millions of people are already in the process of uh, being destroyed and even dying. But it's not from coronavirus. It's from the shutdown. The idea that you can shut down, and I just heard on the news just before the show, you know that Trump's talking about this was uh, you know, uh, turned off the economy and now we're going to turn it start turning it back on again. Well, of course, the Governor Brown, who should not be in the office of governor uh, because she isn't technically the governor of Oregon. And somebody read that article, article 2, section 22. And they they said, I have read that. I see nothing in it that says that Governor Brown shouldn't be the governor. Well, you didn't read it. You probably didn't look at the footnotes. Because in the footnotes, it shows you very clearly. Because, you know, the footnotes take you to the actual Article 2, Section 22 of the Oregon Constitution that states that if you take more than 10% of the funds for your campaign from outside of the district in which you're running, and in her case, she was running for the governor of the state of Oregon, you forfeit your office. You forfeit the office. That means you can't have the office. That's not a statute. That's in the Constitution. It's put in the Constitution by the people. Voted it into the Constitution. It also says that you're a felon. It's an unclassified felony, so the courts will have to decide how they want to classify the felony. But the reality is it says you forfeit your office. You cannot hold the office. Sixty to eighty percent of the people who hold office in the state of Oregon have violated the terms of that rule for Oregon. That's simple. That's not hard to understand. You forfeit the office. And all you have to do is find a judge. And I've, I know people who have talked to judges that said they would rule that she forfeits the office. But in order for them to rule, the people have to take this case to court. Somebody in government just told me yesterday, there is no mechanism by which you can remove her from office. Well, it's called the state trooper's. If she's forfeited the office, she's not the governor. She's occupying the office of governor, but she's not the governor. That's simple to understand. She forfeits the office. doesn't say she will forfeit the office after this procedure takes place. It's automatic. She forfeits the office. But right now, she wants to keep the Academy of Oregon shut down. There are a number of governors that are doing this. I'm just dealing with... She's kind of close to home and I know people who talk to her and know her and, and, uh, that, uh, you know, I mean, you, you probably know them too. I mean, people in Congress and the Senate and, uh, the, I, I just saw a picture yesterday of her back in January, uh, literally hugging an, a, a, an individual from China who was over here as a delegation. It was shortly after that that, um, uh, Someone I know who was in the state capitol came down with coronavirus. <laughs> so that was a, and I looked at, on the date of this picture of her hugging this guy from China who brought a whole delegation over from China and probably brought the coronavirus. More people have gotten the coronavirus than most people realize. And that's what they're beginning to realize. And it's in, in the news all the time. But back to the fact that she isn't technically... By law, by the Constitution itself isn't allowed to hold office. he forfeits that office now, I thought it was funny that somebody referred to preparing you as a religious site when well, they can they can certainly do that uh, because there is mention of religion there but that I wrote the article and that's why I'm quoting the article. And he says, why are you citing this? Because that's what I said. <laughs> that's what I wrote. And the reason why you would find something like that on a so-called religious site, which preparing you isn't really... Well, it depends on what you, how you define religion, which, of course, is defined uh, in, over and over again in many different ways. But in the Bible, it tells you because the Bible is about government. <laughs> it's not, it mentions religions five times. It religion, mentions government 700 times or more, depending on how how you want to say mentioning government. But it tells you in there what to put in your constitution if you want to elect men who can exercise authority or women who can exercise authority one over the other. If you want to do that, it tells you, you need to put these five provisions in your Constitution. And we've already talked about that, so we won't mention them. So if you haven't gone and found out, and we have contracts, covenants, and Constitution, a whole book online, uh, articles online, uh, recordings online that will explain those five provisions you should have in your Constitution. But one of the things that also says that you must do is read that Constitution to those leaders that you elect every single day. So every single day, you should read the Constitution to Kate Brown if she was the governor. But, of course, once you got down to Article 2, Section 22, you'd realize, wait a minute, she forfeits the office because it's a matter of record, her own record. She's required to keep the record. Of the account of what she receives in donation. And it, we link right there in the article to what she's received. And you can see on a preliminary add up, which is done by a, you know, bipartisan, uh, institute that keeps track of all the politicians throughout the United States, they show that she took at least five million dollars from outside the state. Just, in the last couple of months, she got another donation. She's not even running for office, but she got a donation of $250,000 from George Soros. And she's not even running. This is her campaign fund. She's not even running. She got another $250,000. All that money goes into her campaign account. When she decides not to run anymore, she can take that money out. It's all tax-free right now as it sits into that account. But she can take it out later. She can borrow against it. She can do all kinds of things with it. Now, that's, of course, what Bernie Sanders did. He ran for president twice and dropped out. Well, if he has any money left over in his campaign uh, fund, that's his. And he can pay people to, like, make up signs. So guess who makes up signs for him? (laughs) The printer, printing company that he hires to do his campaign, I think it's owned by his (laughs) brother-in-law. Keep it in the family. Which is all legal. That's all legal, but you're being duped by these guys who are making themselves millionaires while you think you're electing men who can exercise authority one over the other. And like I said, back in 1980, they passed a law That is changing the face of the entire planet. And it will bring about one of the greatest epidemics, pandemic epidemics, plagues, uh, that you have ever imagined on the face of the earth. But I'll leave you in suspense of that. Don't worry about that. I'm not preaching fear or anything. Because if you're seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness, if you're actually doing what Jesus Christ said to do, Jesus Christ who happened to be a king, that's what Christ means. It means anointed. The kings of Israel were anointed. They didn't get a crown. They got anointed. And so every time you say Jesus Christ, you're saying literally Jesus the king. So he was a political leader of Israel the way it was meant to be. And the way it was meant to be is that the actual kings were the heads of each household and the high priest and king, who originally was Moses, Moses actually divided the office of high priest and king and gave the office of high priest to his brother, Aaron, and, but he was still the king. A political, uh, a politician recently wrote something that I shared on Facebook, and, uh, in it he quoted something that I have quoted, it was quoted in the first part of the book, Covenants of the Gods. Are men free souls under God? Is that, are, are they, are they slaves? The, the, are they property of the state, or are they free souls under God, is the exact quote. This battle continues throughout the world today, as they continued. Part of the quote, and it's Cecil B. DeMille's at the beginning of the movie Moses, or Ten Commandments. The movie Ten Commandments was just starring Charlton Heston, so it's an old movie. But anyway, he says, uh, ask that question, and that's the battle. Why are you shut down? Why can't you go to work? Why can't you pursue life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? Why have you lost those inalienable rights? endowed by God according to the uh, Declaration of Independence at least why Why are you excluded from these things Where, when did the government get the power to do that well you haven't been reading the Constitution to your leaders you shouldn't have elected those leaders you shouldn't have made covenants with those leaders all of what you've done and if you don't understand that if you think you already got it figured out you probably don't know where you're at (laughs) because you're in a world of hurt. You're in a lot of trouble. So, you know, I mention things like the Constitution, but my faith is in the way of God, which is the way of Christ. And the way of Christ was that you practice pure religion righteously. In order to do that, he knew you would have to sit down in a voluntary assembly of tens, hundreds, and thousands. And so he commanded his disciples who would become his church to make the people sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. Now, they get to pick what ten they will sit down with. And then they will pick a minister and he will get to pick what other nine groups of ten that he will sit down with, the ministers of those other nine groups. And they organize themselves because it's a free assembly. That's why you see the word free assembly over and over again in the Bible. Because they're explaining the government of God. Now, Article 2, Section 22 and the rest of the Constitution of Oregon explains the government of Oregon. I'm telling you about the government of God. is sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands in free assemblies where we recognize that you're endowed by your creator with certain inalienable rights, and we are not legislators. We are not going to make a law for you. We are not going to decide good and evil for you. We are not going to say you can work or you cannot work. We cannot shut down your economy. We're not that kind of government. We are government servants who can only serve. What happened back in 1980 is they passed a law that said that government servants can do their own thing. (laughs) And they can take what the people paid for and use it for their own profit. They said that that was okay. And that's what they've been doing. Well, there's a huge history to that. And, uh, we will, maybe we'll get to it, maybe not until the, uh, second show or the third show today, because we'll have three shows today, two here back to back and, uh, on this station, and then we'll have another one this afternoon. You don't know what's going on, and we're trying to inform you what's going on. And sometimes we have to repeat the same thing over and over again because of the fact that you have not heard the truth from so many other sources, and you think you know the truth. And so we have to constantly say, no, you don't know the truth. This is the truth, And which is why we have tens of thousands probably of footnotes, so you can go out and check at us out. Somebody has recently come up in the news. They, they published a book, uh, Judy Mikovich. I believe is her name Judy Ann Mikovich. She was born back in 1958, and she became a, a pathologist and epidemiologist and a researcher into the HIV uh, controversy and, and virus and and other things. And then she got fell into trouble with somebody who's prominent in the news today. She referred to him as Tony. <laughs> we know him as Anthony Fauci. And uh, she got into a lot of trouble. And uh, But did she do something wrong? Well, the evidence is, is that she didn't do something wrong. That she was accused of doing something wrong. She was fired from her position because of questions. Not because of evidence. And uh, she had a gag order for five years that she could not talk about what she was discovering. What she was discovering... I've uncovered years and years ago and talked about many times before. uh And I uncovered it because other epidemiologists and people who were making the original polio vaccine exposed this same problem. And it is all because if you can go all the way back, and we've talked about this, going all the way back to Pasteur, Louis Pasteur. He discovered that milkmaids wouldn't get smallpox. They didn't get, they didn't get sick with smallpox. Why didn't they get sick with smallpox? Did, had they gotten a vaccination? Well, actually, they did. They got a uh, natural vaccination. <laughs> I shouldn't say vaccination, but they had developed a natural immunity to smallpox because of their exposure to dairy cows. And dairy cows carry cowpox, which is related to smallpox. And they developed a natural immunity to smallpox by their close uh, symbiotic relationship with dairy cows. Did you know that you've had coronaviruses in you for probably hundreds of years? And your generation after generation has been... Exposed to coronavirus. Now, coronaviruses were just recently discovered in the sense of what was like 40 years ago. That's why on the Lysol containers, old Lysol containers underneath your sink, you can see on there, it kills coronavirus. <laughs> Don't drink it. Okay. Uh, but the reality is coronaviruses have been around. They're in cattle. They're in almost all livestock carry coronaviruses. Bovine coronavirus is there. So, if you live in close proximity to cows that have coronavirus, you will have probably a natural immunity to coronaviruses. Just the day before yesterday, I uh, butchered a cow. Actually, it was a dairy steer. And uh, we had raised it up and uh, we raised it up for meat and uh I went out with my grandsons and, and butchered the cow and uh at times I, my hands and arms were covered in cattle blood <laughs> and then we carried the meat in and we hung it up in our cool room and uh we will slice it up and make steaks and hamburger out of it here and sometime this week I was in very close proximity. I was inside the cow at times. <laughs> if that cow had ever been exposed to coronavirus and it probably all all cows have been. Now there are different strains of the coronavirus and feedlots have trouble with this all the time where the the this passed on uh coronavirus different ones will cause a respiratory problem in the cows. They all develop immunity. They develop herd immunity, and they're okay again. This goes on every year on a regular basis. That's what you want in your society as well. But you also want immunity from stupidity. We'll talk about that when we come back. Oh, well, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. So, uh, I saw a video of my wife sent it to me, uh, on, uh, I guess Messenger, and then I shared it on Facebook. And it, uh, a guy who does a number of these, he just stands there and talks, uh, Firewall, I think, it, what he calls this series. And, uh, he was showing some of the books, that people studied back in the early days of this last century, in the early 1900s, in sixth grade. (laughs) And I've often talked about this, the fact that uh, a fourth grader, fifth grade for sure, fifth grade math book had problems on the first chapter that high school kids can't solve today. That's right. High school kids can't solve fifth grade math problems that were in a fifth grade math book back in the 40s. And I've got those old books and I've done a whole study on it. You have been dumbed down. Your kids, your kids could be graduating by the time they're 14 years old from college at college level. (laughs) If you, and there are kids. There's homeschoolers who've done this, uh, where the the kids are. You know, I, you know, I've got grandkids who are taking college courses, and they're 13, 14 years old, uh, the equivalent of college course. Actually, some of them are actually getting credit online college courses at that age. Uh, and we don't press their academics because there's there's learning is not just about academics and knowledge. What we do is help them follow their interests, and we teach them how to, uh, a work ethic and how to apply themselves and how to focus and uh how to solve problems and uh, but mostly what we want to teach them is how to follow the holy Spirit and that's that's really uh uh, it requires that you give them a certain amount of freedom of choice. Because that's what really what you want to teach your children, is how to make those choices. How to make choices in life. Because that's what life is, is a series of choices. And the people of the world and the people of America have made a number of choices over the years that have led them in a particular direction, which I've mentioned that we might get to. But one of the things... I might as well mention that, that, uh, the act that was passed back in the 1980s, uh, was the, uh, I guess they call it the bay Dole Act, although the Buy is B-A-Y-E, and Dole, of course, was, uh, uh, Senator Dole, who ran for president at one time. And, uh, they passed an act, and, uh, it affected, Uh, Well, we won't get into all the details, but if we go back in history, at that particular time, there was about $75 billion a year invested in government-sponsored R&D, research and development. That's what R&D stands for. And that uh, research and development was funded by tax dollars or by borrowed money. That was borrowed in your name by the men you have elected to exercise authority one over the other. All of which, of course, Christ forbid and God warned you about, but you've done it anyway. So that's a done deal. And if you don't understand that, keep listening on a regular basis. Look up Keys of the Kingdom, get the podcast, go back. There's hundreds of audios and we're every show we're giving you little pieces of the puzzle. And then you, the more pieces of the puzzle you put together, and we back this up with articles and footnotes so you can check it out. It's very easy to say, we don't know what we're talking about. And we will go back to Judy, and I'll show you how Judy has said some things. And people say, oh, well, she doesn't know what she's talking about. And we'll show you how easily people are fooled because they lack knowledge. Yay, but for the lack of knowledge. That's what's happening to the people. They're being sucked into black holes of destruction. Plague is probably the least you have to worry about for the future. But I'm, I'm again, I'm not preaching uh, this fear. But originally in America, there were three philosophies that were debated regularly in this creation of the United States federal government. Now, when the United States federal government was first created, most people don't understand this. We've talked about it in great detail. We explain it in the book Contracts, Covenants, and Constitutions, which is free online. We give all this information away for free. So in that, that book, it, it clearly states that even after the acquiescence of the Constitution of the United States, to be assumed to be ratified because they had to acquiesce to that ratification because it wasn't really a legal ratification but acquiescence consummated that ratification even though it was illegal at the beginning now you know just to say that the constitution was illegally ratified people go like that's crazy who ever told you that because he doesn't you don't know it so you don't realize that that actually is the history. That, that's in Clark's Summary of U.S. American History. And they go through and they explain why it was illegally ratified. It doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It doesn't mean that it wasn't ratified. It, it had some ratification of some of the states, but the states had already signed a contract, an agreement, a covenant, that they would change nothing of the Articles of Confederation unless they had done it unanimously. Well, the Constitution of the United States was implemented and they had not unanimously ratified it. So, therefore, it was put into place and it was not legally ratified. They broke their own contract because they did not do it unanimously. And they had agreed, they had all agreed they would not make any changes and they scrapped the whole thing almost. They didn't really scrap it, but they put this other thing in place over the top of it. And they ratified that, but they didn't legally ratify it because they didn't unanimously ratify it. But they acquiesced to it. So now it became law through acquiescence which is why I've explained that why we have a whole section on acquiescence now I have a whole webpage on acquiescence that I just put up in in this last week uh in the article 2 section 22 there we talk about acquiescence because you don't challenge the lie you don't challenge the fact that the governor has forfeited the right to the office and committed a felony in the process you don't challenge that in the courts as the people. I mean, you passed the law as the people in the 1990s. Why aren't you challenging it? It's because you've been dumbed down. You've been made ignorant. And one of the things that locks you into your ignorance is the fact that you think you know already. But let's go back to those three philosophies. You didn't think I was going to circle around to that again, did you? Uh, Hamilton believed that the solution for government lay with a strong central government which should take charge and actively manage these resources like like the $75 billion a year that is funded by the government which is funded by your (laughs) debt uh, to sponsor R&D, research and development. Okay, so who, if, If you funded it, who should own the patent that that research and development produces? You funded it, you and your children, because they borrowed money against your children in order to fund that $75 billion a year. And this is 1980 figures, by the way. So who should own the patent? Well, shouldn't the... Government hold the patent on behalf of the people so that if any money is made from that patent, it goes to pay off the money that you provided to create the patent, right? That makes sense. Well, that's not what the bayh Act did. But the other philosophy was the Jeffersonian belief that the solution lay with the individual and that the best thing government could do to provide incentive to success was to get out of the way of these individuals. (laughs) Well, the shutdown is the absolute antithesis of Jeffersonians' idea. Because they had not only have gotten in the way of you making profit from the investment they made on your behalf, (laughs) they've sent those profits to private individuals who did not invest, <laughs> but got you to invest in their wealth, but they have now stopped you from going to work. Now, how in the world did they stop the entire state of Oregon from going to work? Well, of course, a lot of people are going to work anyway now, but a lot are still shut down. A lot of businesses are gone forever and will never come back. And a lot of people, well, a lot of people are dead now because of the shutdown. Suicides way up, uh, young people jumping off of bridges, killing themselves, drug overdoses up, uh, family, uh, you know, violence up, alcoholism up. People are dying. People did not go get procedures, did not go to the hospital to be checked out, uh, and they're dying, uh, on a regular basis now. The numbers are up. Nobody's collecting those statistics, so you're not hearing them in the news, so it's not in your brain, because your brain is plugged into the news. It's not plugged into the Holy Spirit. If it was plugged into the Holy Spirit, you'd know something was wrong. You would just know it, but you lack knowledge of the Holy Spirit, but you also lack knowledge of the reality around you, and we're bringing up the knowledge of the reality around you so you realize that your temporal knowledge your brain knowledge is not the answer, it's the Holy Spirit is the answer. You didn't learn how to make decisions based on the Holy Spirit. You make decisions based on emotion, you make decisions based on on uh partial information, and you so you make bad decisions. So those are those are the two philosophies of the three that were floating around at that particular time. And then there is a belief that uh held that Government could only hurt, and that it should make sure that everyone benefited financially from the government's efforts. Well, this is what I'm going back to is the reason Oregon was shut down, and we still have the large percentage of people still thinking, uh, I shouldn't say the largest percentage, but a large percentage of the people still thinking that we should stay shut down and we need to wear masks and we need to walk around and, and be afraid and of the coronavirus, 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 is because over fifty percent of the people in the state of Oregon get their check, their monthly check from the government. That means less than half of the people in the state of Oregon are actually doing productive work. Everybody else is the, de- they're on the dole. And, you know, not the dole guy, but the, they're getting the check from the government. When Hamilton and Jefferson were debating these philosophies and ideas, they never thought that half of the population of America would be getting a government check. That's not what made America as successful as it is today. It wasn't half of the people getting the government check. But that's altered the way in which people look because they all look to government. They depend for their livelihood on the government taking money away from the other 49 or 48 or 46% of the people so that they can get those checks. Now, some of them get the checks for not working. Some of them get the checks because they're in... You know, education or whatever, but the schools are shut down, so they're still getting a check, but they're not working. They're, they're not really working like you have to work out there in the real world. So anyway, so that's altered the state of things. And it's altered the mindset of America as these two different philosophies. And certainly, we're not following Jefferson's ideology. We're following more Hamilton's ideology. And people are absolutely willing to give more and more power to the government. And less and less power to themselves. Now, another place they give away power is to doctors. And I uh, mentioned a doctor that earned cum laude doctorate of medicine in Frankfurt back in 1938. He had a letter of recommendation from uh, uh, who praised him as uh, with tremendous ability, a verbal uh, presence, complex uh, to explain complex material in clear manner so that almost anybody could understand it. American author um, Robert Lay uh, Lifton notes that uh, his published works were in keeping with a scientific mainstream of the time and would probably have been viewed as a valid scientific effort even outside of his own home country. Fauci, for instance, uh, knew early in the, the process of this whole thing that, uh, that most of the people were either asymptomatic or mildly symptomatic And yet that's not what he was telling everybody. He was saying that the death rate was really high. But he had written in a letter way back in February that 1% death rate was probably estimating too high. Because so many people would get this. Somebody was absolutely surprised that I believed that I had already had the coronavirus. Uh, I can't get a virology test, which is another whole story. Uh, because they're, the doctors are sitting on them. They won't use them. And the organ Health uh, Authority is telling the, the hospitals and the uh, pathologists not to do uh, the serology tests, uh, the blood tests, and uh, to determine whether or not you actually had the virus. Why are they doing that? Because they don't want you to know that most of the people have probably already had the virus. We're finding out, just even with the PCR tests, and some people that are now doing the different serology tests, there's about 180 different ones out there. And they're finding out that all kinds of people have already had this virus. They're immune to it. They're actually shedding those uh, uh antibodies so that they can actually, by your association with these other people that have already had the virus, you can have immunity passed on to you the same as those... uh Milkmaids got immunity without Pasteur's vaccination. They got it because they were in a symbiotic relationship with the whole of nature. They, they gave life to the cow. They fed the cow. They cared for the cow. They, they nurtured the cow. And the cow shared with them immunity that the cow had already established from cowpox which gave them an immunity to smallpox. So, or that if they got exposed to smallpox, they got so, so asymptomatic exposure that they easily overcame smallpox and never broke out with the pox. That's the environmental concept of medicine that was floating around at that time and is still around in America and in the world today, but it is almost overburdened and decimated by the Pasteur idea that you, you have to get a vaccination. That you, it, without the vaccination, you're, you're not gonna, you're not gonna survive. You're not gonna make it. You know, and that's why Bill Gates says until we have worldwide forced vaccination, we will not return to normalcy. Is that a blackmail statement? He wants worldwide forced vaccination of the entire world. Of a new kind of vaccine called an RNA vaccine. And, uh, I'll, I'll just briefly go over there. I was going to talk about that RNA vaccine. There was a epidemiologist who was bad mouthing Judy Melko, Ann Melkovich, who has got, uh, she's, if, if you can't hardly get her video on YouTube, because as soon as somebody puts it on YouTube, YouTube, uh, censors it. They don't want you to hear what she has to say but there's a movie coming out and you can look for it uh pandemic p l a n d e m i c and there's a number of interviews you can go to our webpage on uh, the coronavirus and we have it down there and you know in the section on the plan and uh uh, so you can listen to it there, cause we, we have, we are accessing it off of YouTube, cause YouTube will just shut you down right away if you mention it. Now there's gonna be more and more of this censorship all the time. But anyway, she was an epidemiologist who was around, and, uh, I shared that, and immediately they, you know, YouTube and Facebook starts, uh, censoring it, so nobody can get this information. They don't want you to know what she has to say. And everything she says may not be accurate, but she's a source. That's free dialogue. Jeffersonian kind of concept of getting out of the way. But they got guys getting in the way for you. They're shutting you down. The burning book syndrome of the Nazis. This is what you're seeing coming out of YouTube. But anyway, she uh, she made a number of statements. And so this other epidemiologist, uh, Kate or Kat uh, Montgomery, She claims to be an epidemiologist uh, and a pathologist, but uh, she badmouthed Judy and uh, said that uh, she took her statement uh, out of context, which is on the video. I went and listened to the video this morning where she says something to the effect that there are no vaccines for any RNA virus that works. Well, that's just a real short sentence and it's taken out of the context of what she was saying. And she's saying that's incorrect. And she names polio, hepatitis, A, measles, uh, to name a few. Well, that's not what Judy was talking about. Polio is not an RNA. Polio vaccine is not an RNA vaccination. It's not even a DNA vaccination. Now, there's RNA and DNA involved in the creation of the vaccination, but an RNA vaccination is an, a new idea, a new concept. This is the kind of thing that they want to give you worldwide, is an RNA-DNA vaccination. This is a different completely different kind of vaccination than polio. Um, so polio is not... polio. There's two different vaccinations, what they call polio vaccination, two different types of polio viruses being used. And inactivated... Poliovirus. That's where they they poison the virus and br- viscerate it and break it down so it's more and more particles of RNA and DNA, but it's not an RNA. It's an IPV injection. And then they had another one where they call a, a weakened poliovirus, and they gave by mouth, which is the OPV uh, vaccination, and that was the little sugar cube. Those are not RNA vaccines. That uh, they they are completely different kind. Uh, an RNA <laughs> vaccine is a new type of vaccine for providing uh, acquired immunity uh, through uh, vectors containing some RNA for proteins such as uh, lipids and nanoparticles that and uh, ident- identical or resembling those of the pathogen. Now you get that same kind of effect. If you're a milkmaid in France, <laughs> milking a cow that had cowpox, that you will pick up some of those RNA sequences naturally. You won't get cowpox, but you'll pick up those viruses into your system, which will strengthen your system, and uh, that's what you that's what you want. That's the natural uh, vaccine <laughs> immune system is through through nature. And we get this when we have a loving symbiotic relationship with all life around us. See, this is the amazing thing. Everywhere you go, you can go up to the North Pole, you can go to the South Pole, and you'll find you'll find bacteria living in the ice, actually turning the ice pink. Uh what the heck? It's living it's frozen solid and it's living in ice. How in the world is it doing that? There there's uh Creatures everywhere, life everywhere, abundant. You know, like Yoda says, <laughs> everywhere, or surround you and surrounds you. You're all a part of that life force, that intelligent designer's life force, which is seen in all this life. You go, you go out into space, into the moon, into, to the other planets, and we don't see this kind of life that we see on this planet. We're all a part of that. Now, we're supposed to be playing as humans created by, you know, sons of Adam. We're supposed to be playing a certain role in this. The world is trying to lead you away from that role so that they have dominion over your life. When I say the world, I'm using that word cosmos that Jesus used when he says my kingdom's not of that world. That constitutional order and system of government. So you're either becoming more and more a part of that system or less and less a part of that system and more and more a part of God's system. Now, there's some people that try to stay in between and think of themselves as just rebels and they're going to do their own thing. But that's not the way it works. So anyway, there's this RNA vac- vaccination that is a new kind of vaccination. It is similarly, if you de- what I just described is similar to what the old... uh uh, vaccinations that we normally are getting uh, because actually the, the this currently you can look it up, go look it up I don't care, Wikipedia, whatever there are no RNA nor DNA vaccines approved for human use at this time none and that's what she's talking about and that's a fact. And because she's talking about RNA vaccinations of viruses. And they just took that little, little quip it out. And they're saying that she's not, she's, you know, she's she's not telling the truth. And the lady says, well, look at polio vaccine. That's not an RNA vaccine. That's not a DNA vaccine. And so... That woman should know that if she's really an, a pathologist or epidemiologist, but other people read this and she says she has all these credentials and they believe it, and it's simply not true but come right back and we'll we'll welcome back to keys of the kingdom so i I laid a little groundwork in the first hour, but uh I want to take you to uh look at some other things that uh uh that we just touched on in the uh the, the first part of the show, and and I mentioned a doctor who graduated summa cum laude uh, in Frankfurt back in 1938 and was very good at explaining things in simple terms and great personality, and, and the things that he wrote were accepted in medicine everywhere. But I never mentioned who he was. I went right on to mention the fact that Fauci is this spokesman for the United States shutdown <laughs> and introduction to coronavirus, which is not killing nearly as many people as the shutdown will eventually kill and is already killing. And, uh, and but you're not being told that by the media that they're, they're spreading the fear. You want to shut down, shut down, shut down. You want to wear a mask. You want to so keep your distance and keeping your distance is actually prolonging the presence of the virus. And then now we're we're seeing more cases, two reasons. One is they can now say it was coronavirus based on presumptions and assumptions. Uh, no evidence, really, that it's coronavirus whatsoever. And if you actually were to go and compare the uh, statistics, you would probably find that all kinds of people are not dying of heart disease, They're not dying of other uh, pneumonia. They're not dying of all uh, diabetes. They're not dying of all these other ailments that almost everybody who dies has. They're only dying of coronavirus. And so you're going to see all these other, if you laid all the charts out, you would see all these other ailments not killing as many people. and Coronavirus killing all kinds of people. Uh, we know the New York figures are wrong. We know there's pressure to include this. That was another thing that these, these, these hit pieces that are coming out are saying is that, well, no, everybody is, they don't get $13,000 for everybody who claims that they have coronavirus. Well, everybody on Medicaid or Medicare, they're going to get, that hospital is going to get $13,000 if they say it's coronavirus from the federal government and Medicare payments. How many people are using Medicare? I know somebody who's, who does, got more money than they know what to do with and they just got their $1,200 stimulus check. They didn't need it. They had no need for it whatsoever, but they got it. And they got it by borrowing trillions of dollars from your children because that money is supposed to be paid back. But they don't want that money paid back. They want the debt because debt is bondage. And that's how you've been delivered back into the bondage of Egypt. Oh, the bondage of Egypt, that's you're talking about religious stuff. No, I'm talking about you now in the real world. The bondage of Egypt. So who was that doctor in Frankfurt? Well, it was Joseph Mingala. <laughs> Joseph Mingala was very smart. He He wrote great stuff. He was highly praised. By American and German uh, doctors. He was very good at explaining uh, complex medical things so that the common man could supposedly understand them. He also tortured children to death. Operated on people without anesthetic. Murdered and was responsible for the death of countless people. Because he was amoral he he didn't have he he people liked him, they thought he was great, but he was totally amoral that's a, being smart is not being good being personable is not being righteous. there's a lot of guys out there preaching in churches and molesting and and uh and cheating on their wives and all kinds of other horrible things. Truth is truth. Righteousness is righteousness. It's not being really smart. It's not being really emotional. So I just equated to a roundabout way Fauci with Mingala. Well, Fauci was making inroads into his present state of wealth and power and position back in the 1980s when this Bayh-Dole Act was passed. And this Bayh-Dole Act is what has caused millions upon millions of dollars to be funding... These research and development from tax dollars, from your pocket, and then they get to patent what they produce at no expense to them. And then they get those patents and they make millions upon millions of dollars with those patents. And you are trillions and trillions of dollars taxpayers are trillions and trillions of dollars into debt now do I want to fix that well you know Judy wants to have that Bayh-Dole Act repealed but that does not repeal corruption you still all you people out there that are suffering under the shutdown and, and this tyrannical control of your right to life, liberty and pursuit of happiness are under that tyrannical control because you have not listened to Christ, who was the king of Judea and the rightful king of Israel, which was a nation of people that were the children of God. Wasn't a bloodline, because we know right from the beginning Egyptians went with the Israelites, there Hittites, there were all kinds of people that were joining with the tribes of Israel and they were not Israel by bloodline. It was Israel because in their hearts the way of God prevailed. And the way of God allowed you the freedom of choice. You see, I just tied that back to children (laughs) learning to make choices based on the Holy Spirit, right knowledge, and righteousness. That's what you need to do. You haven't been making choices along those lines. Now, some of you have. Some of you have done weird things like homeschooling. Some of you have done weird things but like taking the responsibility for your own life. Uh, uh, your own business. You, you were working for a big corporation. And you decided, I'm going to go out and try to start my own business. Well, now they're destroying those businesses. But the, cor- the, the big corporations are getting trillions of dollars. You see, because a, a different spirit is operating in the world today. And you need to operate according to that Holy Spirit, according to that way of Christ. That I mean, Just the mere idea of sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands as Christ commanded us to do, the only place he used the word command in relationship to people, he commanded that we sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands, so there was gonna be no loaves and fishes. And those loaves and fishes were not gonna come by borrowing trillions of dollars from the Federal Reserve, <laughs> which is the way you're doing it. It was gonna come through free will offerings, which is what John the Baptist preached, what Gideon preached, What all the prophets preach. Which is not what you're doing. Because you go to church and sing your songs and say your prayers. But 90% of the welfare in your society is taken care of by men who exercise authority. Who borrow against the future of your children. Now this is a common theme we always return to. But it doesn't do any... I'm going to have to keep returning to that theme until you return to the way of Christ. Because that's the way of Christ. The way of Christ is not going to church. Everybody wants to go, go. Now they want to bar any assemblies over 25 people. You can't, you know, you got a church that says 500 people. Well, you can only get 25 of them in there. <laughs> you know, you can't even park in your parking lots and listen to your preacher on the radio. Well, none of that is church anyway. So that's okay with me. But you know it's not okay with me because I think you have the right to freely assemble. We have a place here you can you can have fifty thousand people meet. <laughs> I think there's room for fifty thousand people, but uh you know it's out here on the desert. No social spacing required because we know social spacing is prolonging this disease. Most people don't know they they live in fear they are making decisions based in fear, you know. They're, they're wearing masks and they're afraid. And they, we have to do what the government says. No, you have to do what God says if you want life more abundant. You have to do what Christ the King, Jesus the King said if you want life more abundant. If you want to do what CNN says, then you will go the way of CNN. Because <laughs> that's not the way we should be going. So anyway, what should you be doing what uh you know what what else is going on let's let's go back to judy for a second this idea that she is trying to express and she was covering in her paper it wasn't really about vaccines that's true although there were vaccines mentioned it was about dna and rna in vaccines animal that is coming from animals, that is being injected into you, bypassing the normal system of natural immunity. And these, these may be causing people to die. And it may be causing people to weaken their immune system. All these vaccines can be also causing autoimmune problems and autism. Now people say, "Oh no, it's already been proven that autism is not caused by, you know, cuz correlation uh, is not causation, but the there's an awful lot of correlation and it's caused by something." And the reality is is that people who are making that argument don't realize there's no evidence whatsoever that polio cured uh polio vaccine cured polio. What, the reason polio disappeared is the same reason the Spanish flu disappeared. It's not because of the vaccine. And I'll use your argument, correlation is not causation. The fact that polio seemed to disappear at the time that the vaccines came out doesn't take into account the, the fact that polio was already disappearing before the vaccines came out. <laughs> Because we were reaching herd immunity and we were reaching herd immunity because 95%, way more than with the coronavirus. Coronavirus is only about 40 to 50% of the people, maybe 60% of the people, could be more, but until you have the serology test, you won't know for sure, are asymptomatic. They don't show any symptoms. Well, with polio, it's 95%. Don't show any symptoms. There's only about 5% that get any symptoms that they have gotten polio. That's that's AMA kind of figures. They know that now because they went out and tested with serology tests and began to find out that most of the people were already immune to polio when the vaccine came out. And they just finished up that immunity through the natural course. But now there's new outbreaks of polio, but it's not the wild virus they're getting. They're getting the polio from the vaccine. You don't believe me? Go read the CDC website because they tell you on the CDC website that most of the cases in several areas of the world are almost all from the vaccine. Salk himself testified in front of Congress in the 70s that Almost all the cases of polio at that particular time and for the years before that, almost 10 years before that, were from the vaccine, not from the wild virus. They knew that. There are also, you know, we've got, uh, we have a page up, you can go read more about polio vaccine and cancer. This is, this is the problem is that and, and there's all kinds of people who have written books about it and there's billions of dollars trying to suppress this information from you. And most of you will be absolutely terrified to find out that vaccines are causing almost all of these problems. Am I anti vaxxer? No. I'm anti poison. I don't want I can do no harm. And the way the vaccines are being produced is doing harm. They knew it at the time they were producing the original polio vaccine. Doctors in the laboratory were warning that we are putting other viral agents into people's bodies because we are not properly filtering this material. It was too expensive to do it. Uh, they didn't have all the technology that they could have eventually developed. They were rushed to make the money. And they said, against the advice of scientists, they said, oh, we're just gonna go ahead and do this anyway. And so you can, you can actually go and you can read about the different, uh, SV40s and, uh, P54 protein and how this all got into our system. And now it's in our system. You can actually pass these, uh, uh, SV40s, uh, onto the next generation. Cause it can, it's in, it's in the human, uh, society now, in, in your flesh and you can pass it on to the next. And this is where so many diseases come from. Now you have to remember Gates and them, they want to decrease the world population. He says it's because, well, once their children aren't dying from lack of vaccinations, cause he thinks that's the only way their children can be healthy, when they're they're not dying from lack of vaccinations. They will cho- just automatically choose to have less children. Never mind the fact that his father used to be <laughs> in charge of, uh, uh, the, the, uh, abortion clinics, uh, to, uh, uh, Planned Parenthood. Yeah, he was, uh, head of uh, Planned Parenthood. I don't remember if it was, it was just statewide or nationally, but he was, he was into that. At least that's what, Gates didn't go into the details, but heard out of his own mouth that his father was in charge of Planned Parenthood. But the reality is that, uh, they want to decrease the world's population. They, because they don't care about you as individuals. They want to control the collective. The problem is that many of you want to control the collective. Because like Polybius said, you've become accustomed to living at the expense of others. That's why 50% of the people in the state of Oregon get a government check. They're living at the expense of others. And they're depending for their livelihood on the property of others. Now, I'm not begrudging people who work for the school system and the teachers and all that of getting their paycheck. If they do a good job, they deserve their paycheck. But creating a system whereby you operate your education, your health care, everything by a government force is altering the course of society. It will it will lead to what Polybius went on to say about, you know, instituting the rule of force and violence. It will take you and your society down a particular road of creation and redesign you he actually uses the word degenerate you into perfect savages and if you go to preparing you the idea of preparing you is to prepare you to think for yourself by dismantling a lot of the ideas that you thought were true like vaccines all vaccines are good no all vaccines are not good some vaccines are full of toxins and poisons and it may be getting to the point I haven't done a survey that most of them are full of t- all of them have some poisons there is a there are other there's another way to go for good health in society, and you have to choose that way the The beauty is you can choose that way right now you don't have to wait you don't have to wait till social collapse economic collapse you don't have to wait for any of that. You can do this right now. You can do this in a a step-by-step process, which is what Christ laid out in the gospel. You have to start caring about others as much as you care about yourself, and you have to put that care into practice. Right now, you are engaged in what Peter calls covetous practices. And that will make you merchandise, he says. It has. You're collateral for those trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars that the government is borrowing against the future of your life and the future of your children's lives to provide stimulus checks and, and trillions of dollars to go to airlines and corporations, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You've gone... You know, where do you change? You can't, it, it the problem is so big, you can't just roll it back. Uh, One of our ministers shared Larkin roses. I, I saw Larkin had made a statement on the coronavirus. And I just didn't listen to it until one of our ministers shared it on Facebook. And I went and listened to it. And for Larkin, he was fairly well controlled. He got a little carried away there towards the end. But he was apologetic. And he was uh, not you know, bad-mouthing everybody in government, which there's no point in that. Christ didn't do that. But Christ said there's a way, there's a different way to do things. And he explained that way. And I have not yet heard a minister explain that way. And that way was that you sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands, in voluntary free assemblies and start taking care of one another through faith, hope, and charity instead of force, fear, and fealty. Which is the way all these people are doing. I'm not going to say all people who claim to be Christians, but the vast majority of the people who think they are Christians are taking care of their social welfare, which was religion. That's what religion was. It was how you took care of the needy of your society. That's what religion is. That's what it was defined as 200 years ago or 250 years ago when Jefferson was presenting his ideas. Religion was the pious performance of your duty to God and your fellow man. And your duty for your fellow man was to love your fellow man as much as you love yourself. That means to care for him. That was what religion was. The modern welfare state is your religion. That, that is your church. That's where you go to take care of the widows and orphans and needy of your society. It's through the government who exercises authority one over the other. They call themselves benefactors, but they are the antithesis of Christ as a benefactor. Because they use force, we use charity. And now they have taken that idea of using force and are forcing you to provide R&D for private individuals and corporations that are making billions upon billions of dollars off of your back and sweat through things like the Bayh-Dole Act. See, that, that's that's another little piece of the information. A lot of the things you're hearing me say I'm repeating, but I'm putting it in the same context. You're either headed towards the kingdom of God and His righteousness by taking care of one another through faith, hope, and charity because you are willing to do what Christ commanded, which was to sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands and start caring for one another through faith, hope, and charity. And people say, well, how do I get a guarantee that anybody will care for me if I sit down in your tens, hundreds, and thousands? You don't get it. That's why they call it faith, hope, and charity. I don't give you no guarantee. But how, how did the band of brothers during World War II fighting people like Mingala <laughs> stick together? What bound them together? They learned to care about one another. That, and they did that through personal sacrifice for one another. Willingness to lay down their life for one another you're either doing that or you're taking a bite out of one another and now you've been devoured. So they get to say, they get to say, shut down. And you have to shut down. They say, don't assemble. So now here locally, let's see, are we going to have enough time in this section? Well, we're going to end up in a break. But next section, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about people fighting within the system you have to think of the system. There's the body of Christ and there's the body of the world. And there's a virus in the body of the world. And it's gotten into the body of Christ. That's why all the churches are, are, are just singing you to sleep. Why they got you praying to men who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority one over the other, have made you merchandise and cursed your children with debt all of which was predicted in the New Testament, all of which you have fulfilled because you're not actually following the ways of Christ. Because you have a viral idea in your head that has made the Christian church a sick and degenerate thing. Now, the Christian church is composed of thousands, millions upon millions of people. What's posing even the false modern church is millions and millions of people. I'm sending you the message, the antibiotic message of Christ that will help heal you on an individual cellular basis and give you immunity. You will probably be kicked out of your own local churches now because they will say, oh, you're, but you can instantaneously enter into the body of Christ and receive the protection of the body of Christ if you will follow the way of Christ. And so I'm going to show you how this viral message is infecting the world so that there will come a separation between those that follow the ways of Christ and hear his voice and those who continue to follow the ways of destruction and refuse to hear his voice. Because his voice was clear. We'll be right back. Well, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. Uh I said I was going to, I also, I'll just give you a heads up. If you go to preparingyou.com, you can look up polio vaccine and cancer. And you can see we have numerous videos there. We have uh, uh, an explanation I made years and years ago uh, from other sources uh, about the SV40 and how, Some of these materials got into vaccinations and a number of different doctors. There's actually a lot more, uh, than what we have on this site. And, uh, the fact is, is, you know, but I've had to link some of these videos to places off of YouTube because YouTube does not want you to believe this because they belong to the church of vaccination. Uh, and they many of them belong to the church of forced vaccination, which also is controlled speech. They're not allowing you to even hear information. Anybody who doesn't want you to hear, I don't care where you go. You can go listen to all kinds of other people. And uh, the more the merrier as far as I'm concerned. Hopefully, if the Holy Spirit is guiding you, you'll realize when somebody's lying to you. And just like those people, I, I've read several different hit pieces on, uh, Judy Mekovich. And, uh, uh, they, they are just, uh, they're just hit pieces. That's all there is to it. They're just taking things out of context. Again, I don't agree with everything she probably says or thinks. I haven't heard a great deal about her, but I've read a lot of other, uh, authors, uh, uh, there's a book out, Dr. Mary's Monkeys, that was by a great researcher, but his information is so, so different than what you're commonly hearing that you may not understand what's going on. Uh, or you may not believe it, because it's just unbelievable, almost. Uh, it's a story that, you know, you'd expect Stephen King to write or something. <laughs> But he is a good researcher, and he actually knew Dr. Mary. And uh, I can't remember what Dr. Mary's full name was, but this, Dr. Mary's monkey is the name of the book. And I have a two-hour and 20-minute interview there uh, of uh, the author. And uh, it's fascinating, fascinating story. And uh, these are real people, and they saw there was a problem with the vaccinations. Uh, But the reality is I'm not for or against vaccinations as a topic, a discussion. But until I am for, do no harm. And do no harm means that if you're going to take a vaccination, it has to be doing no harm. And they're not making any of them that I can find that doesn't do harm. So, yes. Vaccination is not good. There's a natural vaccination. When I was uh up to my armpits in blood the other day, I was getting exposure to all sorts of viral and bacterial agents in the butchering of that cow and the preparing of it. When I consume the meat, I will be bringing foreign DNA into my system. Some of you have thin wall intestines. Some of you have different kind of intestines. And some of that DNA is going to get into your body when you consume that meat. And the reality is, is that makes you a part of a symbiotic relationship and will make you stronger. Why are so many people vulnerable to this uh coronavirus that are aged, old people? It's because you have been putting a lot of other poisons in your body besides vaccinations. And... uh you haven't been caring for your body. You don't know how to care for your body because you don't know how to care for others. You see, this is the thing, is that when you make these decisions to live by force and fear and fealty and forcing other people to provide for your welfare, it shuts off a part of your brain. It shuts off a part of your being. It cuts you off from that Divine Designer. And you just simply won't see certain truths. When you sit down to live by faith, hope, and charity in free assemblies, that will alter your mind back. It will turn on things in your body. The DNA strand, and we have whole sections on this DNA strand and epigenetics. You can look up those words in our search engine on the pages, and it will tell you, you have DNA within your DNA, DNA within the cells that actually turns on sections of your DNA and turns off sections of your DNA. The more you begin to follow in the ways of Christ, the more those things will be turned on in your cells on an individual basis in your mind on an individual basis, the more you will begin to see things that you could not see before. So anyway, I said I was going to talk about viruses in the world and viruses in you. There are creatures and animals that live in the world today that would die if there were no viruses. What does not kill you makes you stronger, generally speaking that your exposure, like Dr. Erickson, to, to viruses and bacteria gives you a healthier Im- immune system. If you were going up into space in a rocket and were out there were in zero gravity for months on end, when you got back to Earth, you couldn't even walk. Because unless you exercised those muscles, they would begin to atrophy right away. The same way with your immune system. It's the same way with your mind, which is why I, I mentioned the firewall video, which I shared on Facebook. If you're on my Facebook page, you'll get these things, and then maybe you'll be up to date by the time we get to the the weekend programs. But uh, that's completely up to you. But uh, I share a lot of things on Facebook. I don't agree with everything I share, but it's it's information flowing across my desk. And I share it with those people who want to take the time to look at these things. But anyway, we've shown how we've been dumbed down not to think, not to calculate. I mean, this whole coronavirus thing, when they were holding up their, look, coronavirus cases and coronavirus deaths. High percentage of deaths to coronavirus cases problem was the number of coronavirus cases were only those people who got so sick they went to the hospital got tested and a pcr test which is an inaccurate test said that they were coronavirus and they got the death rate up real high the reality is is that 90 percent of the people who got coronavirus never went to the hospital maybe 95 percent never went to the hospital you know, half of them didn't even hardly get sick, so they they didn't even know they were sick. They didn't even know they had the flu. And and like I say, there were there's very good possibility that 75 or more percent don't show any symptoms. And we can go in and we we've already explained all this. You go back and listen to those programs. I think you should listen to them on a regular basis because this is it's difficult to get this to stick in your mind. Because your whole system has been infested with false religion. Where you think religion is what you think about God instead of religion being how you care about your neighbor as much as yourself. That's what religion is. And if you want to take a bite out of your neighbor, then you belong to the cannibal church. They want to devour one another. And that's why you're devoured. That's why you're not in control. If if everybody who said they were Christians were actually doing what Christ said and not doing what Christ said not to do, you're not to be like the benefactors who exercise authority one over the other but call themselves, you know, that take from their neighbor to provide you with benefits. You're not to be that way, like the governments of the Gentiles, but you are that way. So when you go to church, you're doing the opposite of what Christ said to do. You're not keeping his commandments you're actually coveting your neighbor's goods. So that's infested the modern church. The idea that it's okay to covet your neighbor's goods as long as you do it through government. And it's removing you from the actual Holy Spirit of Christ. You, so you, you're easily equating emotionalism with the Spirit of Christ because you get all emotionally charged when you go to your churches. You sing, you dance, you jump around. But you're not really following the Holy Spirit, you're following an emotionalized version of the Gospel. So, does the virus work both ways? Can we infest the world with the idea of loving your neighbor as yourself? Well, the key thing is that we need to cultivate that, that, that Way in us. So, first you have to sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands, which is why so early on when Christ actually had a congregation of maybe twenty, thirty thousand 30,000 people, 5,000 men and their families, he said, make the people sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. That's where you have to start. That's part of repentance because now you're You're looking to the way of Christ instead of the way of the world. It's not just an idea change. You have to become a doer of that word. So if you were to start to sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands and help one another out, care about one another as much as you care about yourself it would begin to alter you. It would begin to create a different flow and a different direction in your life, and that would be the flow of the Holy Spirit, which will start opening your eyes to a lot of other things that I can't even tell you about. So the world is constantly getting you to focus. Look to us, the government, to the Golden Statue, to the the Federal Reserve for your salvation, to Pharmaceutica to your salvation, to Men in White Coats, See, you're giving power to politicians and men in white coats and lawyers. Okay, once you realize all power and glory belongs to God, now you have to start giving God that power. So you stop looking to the world for your salvation and start looking to the way of Christ for your salvation. That's that's the game changer. But right now, you're in the world. You're of the world. You're bound Care not for it. I get it. But if you're in the world, start infesting the world with those antibodies to the world that come from Christ in the way in which you deal with the world. As many of you know, I have a son who ended up being a county commissioner in this local county. And he he was on the phone with senators and congressmen and in uh, big conference calls and kind of took over for a little while. uh And, you know, cause I saw that he was really tired when he got back here for the weekend. And uh I said, so have people been beating you up or have you been beating them up? And he says, I've been beating them up. I got them all mad at me. <laughs> but he had posted something on Facebook where, he like I said, he quoted... Cecil B Mills are men the property of the state, or are they free souls under God? This battle continues throughout the world today, and what he was presenting to the congressman, he says, "I'm a county commissioner you are the you're the legislature. you're the sanhedrin of this world. You know the sanhedrin was not a legislature; it did not legislate laws. The law already existed. they didn't write new laws. Eventually, we have an article at Preparing You on Sanhedrin. We show how this shifted to a different kind of Sanhedrin. That's why Christ appointed 70. He had these 70. That's his Sanhedrin. And see, Moses appointed 70. And that was his Sanhedrin. But there were others, you know, like Hercules and them. They appointed a Sanhedrin and that was the legislature. When they submitted their plan for reopening because that's what was required by the fake governor <laughs> Kate Brown <laughs> uh they submitted it and they she starts finally she she wasn't gonna look at it for two weeks but now she's she's uh blocking out stuff. They can't have their own uh guidelines. She's just dictating everything from the top. She's just so power mad. She's power mad because you people Are not doing what your job is. The people of Oregon have turned themselves over. They've gone down this road so far. They don't even know how to be a free people. Well, this is what Christ was teaching the people. How to be a free people. This is why he became a threat. This is why they crucified him. You know, actually a lot had to do with the fact that he cut off the money. He fired the money changers. That's what the... The, the the tipping over the tables. He was turning the tables over, not tipping over tables and having change run on the floor. That's a picture they've drawn for you. He was actually saying, "You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired." Go read our article on money changers. You know, because we back this up with facts. This is what the words actually mean. This is what their duty actually was. Their duty now is to hand out trillions and trillions of dollars to major corporations and. And, uh, and your, your tax dollars are going to R&D that is creating patents that you're going to have to pay to get the advantage of those patents. So you're, you're actually like the guy in support your local sheriff. You're putting in your own bars. You're building your own press. <laughs> that's, that's what you're doing. And you're financing your own prisons. If you simply turn around and do what Christ said, sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. Start to learn what it means to be a free people. Then you will have the power to deal with these illegal tyrants. That's what they are. Because it's very interesting whether or not the court rules in your favor once you make the challenge. That's what one guy says, is that the court's not going to rule in your favor. So what? Doesn't It's not about that. It's about not acquiescing. If you don't make the challenge, then you acquiesce and she becomes the governor. If you make the challenge, whether the courts rule in your favor or not, you have not acquiesced. So, yeah, you... You get a you get a bunch of Oregonians, citizens of Oregon, together and you file a class action suit against this person occupying the governor's office and shutting down your businesses and not allowing you to practice your religion and not allow you to go to church and not allowing you to freely assemble, not allowing you to pursue happiness. And you file a lawsuit that says she's not legally the government governor and she has committed a felony and she should be removed from office by a court order and you go out and try to find some judge that will do it and you if you find one great even if you don't find one great because you've challenged it and if the judge won't issue it or a judge issues it and another judge overrules them doesn't matter you didn't acquiesce so then what's the next step you take it to the attorney general of the united states Because the Secretary of State was appointed by the governor, so you can't take it to the Secretary of State in the state. You have to take it to the Attorney General, but you have to not acquiesce, not give up. You have to make the complaint timely before she gets out of office, because then you can roll back everything she's done. Everything she's done is no longer contestable in law. They can't take you into court. Now, they may still do it. They may persecute you, but you now have standing because you did not acquiesce. Now you say, well, we're appealing to Caesar. Well, Paul appealed to Caesar, and there was a reason to that. We've already explained that. We don't have time to go into that. And why did Paul do it? Because Paul was sui juris, because Paul was Romeos, not because he was a Roman citizen. A Roman citizen couldn't have appealed, but someone who was Romeos could. So anyway, but if you don't understand that, you gotta go back and listen to the other, <laughs> look up those words. Was Paul a Roman citizen? We have an article on that with audio so you can find out what the heck I'm talking about. But you did, if you don't acquiesce, then you have created the question. You, it, she's not in power. Now you can roll back that. Now you can appeal to Barr. Is Barr legitimately the Attorney General of the United States? Well, it appears he is. But now you're giving him an opportunity to protect your rights as a U.S. citizen. Because if you're an Oregonian, you're also an Oregon resident, then you're also a U.S. citizen. So you play these things out all the time, though. You need to be seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Which means you need to be sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands and and starting to learn what it means to care for one another as much as, because that's going to start changing you. The same as, you know, living by the, you know, depending for your livelihood on the property of others has changed you. Now, depending for your livelihood and your well-being and your, uh, your, your benefaction on faith, hope, and charity is going to change you back is also going to bind you together through faith, hope, and charity instead of force, fear, and fealty. So now you can become 5,000 families and in a network of faith, hope, and charity. And then God will really open up doors that you didn't even know existed. And then it doesn't mean you won't be persecuted. It doesn't mean that you will win every case because the idea is that we're not establishing the system of the world. We're we're reading their own rules back to them daily. You say, thou sayest. (laughs) You know, this is why Jesus says to Pontius Pilate, thou sayest, I am the king. It's because he had already is. That's why Jesus was there. That's why he, this was what the trial was all about. But there was no trial because he washed his hands of the trial because he knew that Jesus Christ was the king. He even says it later on. You, you, you've just been fed a lot of information that just isn't so. Just the fact that I say something that seems to contradict what you believe already doesn't mean it's not true. You need to pursue the kingdom of God. The truth of the way and the righteousness of God and the righteousness of the way in your day-to-day life. How are you doing that if you will not freely assemble? We don't need, right now, 500-man assemblies. We need 10 men assemblies, 10 men and their families assembling, picking a minister. That minister gets together with nine other ministers who have done the same thing. And stop sitting in your pulpits thinking you're preaching the kingdom of God because you apply, you know, you provide a little bit of help to a couple of widows when 90% of your people are still getting a social security check or a welfare check or a subsidy check or stimulus check from the government. I'm not saying stop getting those checks. Stop. Start doing what you need to do so you don't need those checks because they're going to dry up eventually. But when they dry up, it'll be too late. It's almost too late to save this economy. It will probably come back, but I don't know for how long. How long it'll be before there's runaway inflation. There's going to be some food shortages in the world. Millions of people will starve to death because of this shutdown. We've seen them dumping tons and tons and tons of food and they're talking about killing cattle now just to dispose of them because the meat packing plants are shut down. Oh, they started an investigation, but this, the, you don't come back from this. There is no margin for food production anymore in the world. It used to be when I was working on wheat farms in North Dakota 50 years ago, there was seven years supply of wheat. For the nation, bread for the nation in silos, ready to go. No matter what famine we had, what what took place in this country, we had that seven years supply, like the pharaoh did for Egypt. You don't have that anymore. Six months supply worldwide in storage for the world. That means if you lose a couple of major crops. Whether in the South Hemisphere or the Northern Hemisphere doesn't really matter. If you lose these cr- crops because of weather change, because of climate change, you will have millions upon millions, maybe billions of people starving. Because that is that is your sustainable source of food. Even if you don't eat bread, the other foods will disappear off the shelf. You've seen how quickly toilet paper can disappear. Now, again, I'm not preaching fear. I'm preaching the kingdom of God and his righteousness. If you go the other way, provision will come. If you don't go the other way, no matter how much you stock up, you will lose out. You need to repent and seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That is the message of the gospel. And you haven't been doing that. So now, join us at You or HisHolyChurch.org. Learn to sit down in the tens, hundreds, the thousands. Find out what the gospel really is all about and pursue that. Till then, I'm just going to have to say peace on your house and may God be with you. God bless. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom dot his holy church dot net.